This Week in League. Suck me off, you dumb dog. No, it's not the sequel to Mark Gazney's biography, Spurt and Sauce. It's just the doggy's Mad Monday celebrations. Biggest revelation to come out of Grand Final Day 2012? When the lighting conditions are just right, Billy Slater's head looks just like a plate of bangers and mash. Tim Sheens doesn't even work for the Tigers anymore and he's still picking undeserving Tigers players for the test team. And we'll review all of the action from Grand Final Day 2012. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode number 107 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, season done and dusted. It is. Not for us, of course, because there's still some things to take care of, but uh, the, the football season. I gave up on football about a month ago, mate. Yeah, yeah. Me, I, you know, just last week for me. But, you know, <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> I do. I know all too well how it goes, Nathan. So, how was your grand final day? It was quite good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a mate's place who's a doggies fan. Hundred bourbons. Not a hundred, but I had a few. Fifteen. Yeah, there was a, there was a bit of a charge there. <laughs> um, I still had my um, you know analytical hat on, <laughs> dicing and slicing the the game as it happened in my mind. Yeah. Um, telling anyone who would listen how much I knew about rugby league, so that gives you an indication of how many bourbons I had. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it is. It is that time of the year where you know that footy's over, and we're uh, a couple of weeks out from wrapping up the show. It uh, brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, I had a desert Hasler a day, Hasler of a day on Sunday. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Fucking went down the coast to go down to um, a supplement place, Planet Max, down at Burley, uh, sponsor of uh, this week in MMA, and uh, as as sponsor, uh, yeah, I have some uh, credit there. So I went down to get some uh, new boxing gloves and stuff. On this side street in a semi-industrial kind of area down at Burley, there's a white Prado in front of me. We're coming up to the T intersection of West Burley uh, Road, I guess what it's called, uh, Avenue, which is a majorish sort of road. So we're coming up to this T intersection on this uh, little side streety thing. This fucking Prado's in front of me. I got the I got a vibe from it, thinking, you know, this this guy's a fucking imbecile. So I sort of, <laughs> so I hung back. Is a that because he had my family stickers on the back? I, honestly, I couldn't tell you if he did yeah, or not. But it, saying, I love Manly Seagulls. <laughs> Different story, but, some, but someone, someone uh, for later that day cut me. It was too slow in front of me, and I was about to give him a gobble, and then they had like a Manly Seagull sticker on the back, so I'm like, no, nah, you'll keep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But um, anyway, this fucking idiot in the Prado, I, thought, I was wary of it, so I sort of stuck, stayed back probably you know, four or five metres. And um, so we get up to the Tina section. Uh, he's, for, he's at first, I'm second. There's no one else on the road, and you know, no one on the other road either for that matter. Got my indicator on to turn left, and all of a sudden, this fucking I see this dude's reverse lights go on. And I'm like, the first, you know, the initial thing, like, no. And then I'm like, fucking, I'm just going to throw it in reverse and see, you know, see if I get it. And then I realized, like, straight away, I just started jamming the horn on. Fucking smash. Fucking reverse straight into me, new car, two months old. And so I jumped out of the car, and I was about ready to fucking go, like, <laughs> snatch on him with fucking just start slamming his head in the Go car door Gangnam style Cause on him because he's jumped out of the car as well and he was like a and you know I could tell he was like a weak you know sort of mid 40s kind of guy so I'm like if it comes down to it I'm just going to fucking obliterate this guy right here and leave him dead but <laughs> leave him dead but 
I um, then I, I, realized, I realized I had my three-year-old in the car though, so I couldn't do that, and I couldn't say a lot too. So I shut the door very, uh, very gently with no no stress. Sealed the sealed killer in a kind of silence. The guy comes out, goes, "Oh man, I'm so sorry, I didn't see." You. I said, "Yeah, I'm not sorry enough for fucking smashing him in my new car." And then so he instantly realised that you know the attitude test had been had been taken. <laughs> <laughs> and he realised that he had to he had to tread very fucking carefully at this point. Yes. And I just look at the cars going, Oh, I cannot fucking believe you did that and he's like, Oh, you know, sorry, blah blah blah. I said, Fucking you know, doesn't sorry doesn't fucking help me right now, does it? So I'm like, oh, give me just I taking pictures of the scene and everything and uh license. You know, it's like kind of just single words. I'm like, Look, I can't talk to you, mate. I cannot fucking talk to you right now, I'm so angry. <laughs> and I tweet details. And then he got then he comes back at me, he's like, Um so um what's what's your name? My name is, is none of your fucking none of your concern, mate. I said, don't you dare try and fucking flip this shit around and try, try and say it was my fault, will you? No, no, I just want to know who I'm dealing with. I said, all right. So I gave him my name and my number, and um, because he's got like saying, "What's your address?" <laughs> Did you tell him your name was Des Hasler? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to because when he's asked me to deal, I was saying, "Motherfucker." My details are irrelevant to you. You don't fucking need them, mate. Copy my red, copy my license number off the front of the car. Copy the the uh, license plate. Yeah, you know, and you got my name and you got my number that you can use to appraise me of the situation of you fucking paying your insurance. <laughs> paying your insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and the funny thing is, um, the uh, the when he when he took the car forward a couple of meters and um, you know, got off the front of mine, I had a bit of white paint along the front there. None of the bodywork was dented. Light wasn't smashed. The back of his car was fucking destroyed. Really? <laughs> yeah, and this Peugeot. I'll fucking show you later. The Peugeot almost got free. The only thing, like, issue I can see is that when you look at the bonnet, you can see that the front quarter panel, as you're looking at the car, the right one, is kind of... The gap between the bonnet and the quarter panel isn't as uniform, as so it's been pushed out of alignment yeah, a bit, yeah, but it hasn't yeah. been really broken. And as a result, you can't open the front passenger door because, like, it's pushed back and won't let the door lever inwards. So there's that. But um, given it's a European car, yeah, hopefully it costs him a fucking fortune. Well, but, it's um, only going to cost him his excess if he's yeah, insured. Yeah. Well, this, and it's the thing. Like you know, I, I have been slagging uh, slagging Terry off, but. Um, yeah, but the next oh, first thing on Monday morning, I got a text saying, "Okay, I've paid my excess and put in. This is the number on SunCorp and everything." So nice. Uh, it's all right. Well, he handled his business. He I did. mean, doesn't explain why he put his car into reverse at no. a T in intersection for yeah. you know, seemingly no reason yeah. whatsoever, and reversed into a car. <laughs> yeah. and so then I went to the shop, had had a great, had a great time, uh, picked up a load of stuff. Um, then later that day, we uh, on the way back home up the freeway, stopped in at the big Coomera Supercenter. You know, with the McDonald's and Nando's mm-hmm. and everything in there, went there to um, pick up some nuggets for the little fella because he's been he's on his best behaviour and especially through the trash. Actually, one thing funny thing I thought I'd get him out of the car just to make this guy feel guilty that he crashed into a car that had a kid in it. So I pull killer out of the car and he jumps out of the car and he sees the front of the Peugeot and that and, he, and the cars are still together at that point and he goes, "This is terrible." <laughs> and I was just like, "Ah, uh, yes." I was like, "You, you little legend." <laughs> <laughs> didn't even so, have to coach him. Didn't have to coach him. And so, so we went to the Maccas and I went, get up to the counter of the Maccas there and then the chick's guy looks at looks at my hat. I was wearing a this week in league cap. And she's like, going, Oh, is that this week in league? Is that like is in the rugby league show? And I go, Yeah, yeah. And she goes, Oh, I love that podcast and, and um and she and she looked at killer, she goes, Is that Jackson? <laughs> so, <laughs> so so um I'm i I'm really sorry, I didn't catch the name, but um but yeah. What a legend. What a legend. A uh, young lady who worked at uh, the Macca's at Coomera there at the uh, BP. Well done. 
kudos to you, mysterious Macca's lady. I did ask her if she was like, you know, if she uh, was on Twitter and all that sort of stuff, but she's not. So, okay. so I can't give her a shout out to her Twitter name or anything like that. Does she have the internet? I don't know. Well, I mean, she's not working at Macca's. She should could have been wearing it. The conversation could lasted. Could have been wearing about it this week in Lee Hat, you know? The conversation lasted about Lost as long as it took for the, the FPOS transaction to go through. Yeah, well, you've you um, got you to get the details. But she did say a couple of times yeah, she, that she loved the show and everything, so uh, well done to her. Excellent. Should have given her some free stuff, you tight bastard. Because I carry it around with me at all times. I do. <laughs> no, you don't. I do so. <laughs> box load of it. I think you live in your car. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, and then on the way home, I, um, I got pulled over for speeding, 120 in a 100 zone. Serious? Yeah. What a shit day. <laughs> fucking cop. Yeah, exactly. It was, a, it was a fucking dead set hazard. I told you, it was a dead set hazard of a day. And then the cop pulls me over and he comes in, runs through the spiel, you know. Um, uh, I, I clocked you at a, doing, uh, do you know what the speed limit is here? I said, oh, it's probably 100. <laughs> he goes, oh, how, how much are you doing? I said, oh, probably between 100 and 110. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, well, uh, yeah, he was like a dude on a motorcycle and, he, and with the handheld thing. And he's like, well, I've clocked you at uh, 92.5 meters at 120, so you were a fair bit over that. And I was like, and then he goes in the thing, oh, you know, do you have any, um, any reason why you drive so fast? And I said, honestly, mate, I'm a Manly fan and the grand finals fucking dogs in Melbourne Storm and I was just trying to forget about that and pain wasn't paying attention to the speed. <laughs> and he's laughing. He's like, sorry to make your day worse, mate. And I was like, sorry to make your day worse, big fella. I was like, mate, that's that's it's my fault, don't <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, $220 fine. Oh, well. Sucker. So, yeah, and I was, I was like, I'm like a fucking watch this grand final. What a cocksucker of a day I've had. That This grand final is only going to make my mood fucking darker than it already is. <laughs> and it got to about five, five, or ten past five or something like that. And I was like, oh, no, nah, I have to fucking watch it. So then I flipped the Of course TV you have on. to watch it. You host the number one rugby league podcast yeah. on the planet, Nathan. So I did the duty. I did the duty. And um, and the funny thing the funny thing was, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the game itself later, but... um. You know, you've, you you know me, you, but people who listen to the show, you're fucking know, you know my feelings towards both of these sides that, that participated in the grand final. And I honestly, even last week, I, I couldn't pick a side who I wanted to win because I, you know, hated them both. I mean, like the best case scenario would have been Bane coming in and fucking blowing up the, you know, the stadium and <laughs> everyone just collapses into yeah, the Yeah, there's hole. a reference I get. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. But then the game starts. It was a real test. It was a great, it, it was, it was a great test. And I've, I was generally surprised by the results. The ball kicked off from just about the first fucking tackle. I was wishing the Storm would win the game. <laughs> I, I, was, I was dead set surprised. And, I, you know, Storm, congratulations, Storm fans, not on winning the grand final, but on um, the fact that you actually you're officially my second most hated team now and you've been deposed at the top by Des Hasler. I'm sure, I'm sure they care. I'm, I'm sure su- they care what you think. I'm sure, I'm sure they... Well, what it means is marginally less abuse going their way. And a podcast this week... Where they'll probably get next to no abuse, which has got to be fucking close to the first time in the history of this show. Yes. I'm sure you'll still find a way. We'll see, but honestly, I'm going to struggle. <laughs> I really am going to struggle. <laughs> Okay, well, a story from today. Um, probably not the biggest story, but we'll get it to because the most current one, probably. The squads were named for the test match that's going to happen, not this weekend, but next Saturday. And I think it's October the 13th, from memory, the date. But we got our squads. So we're just going to run through the squads here, and uh, you can give me some thoughts. Kiwi squad came out first. 
Jared Beal, Jesse Bromwich, Greg Eastwood, Kieran Foran, greatest player in New Zealand, of course, Josh Hoffman, Kristen Inu, Sean Johnson, Sam Cassiano, who's declared his allegiance to New Zealand, Isaac Luke, Simon Mannering, Benji Marshall, Legend, Ben Matalino, or Matalino, Matulino, Sam McKendry, Sam Perrett, The Milkman, Frank Pritchard, Kevin Proctor, Jeremy Smith, Elijah Taylor, and Dean Vare. Notable admission, Adam Blair. Nowhere to be found. Two dads as well. Admittedly, he didn't have a real happy year, but I mean, him and Parrot on the on, on one side of the field has been pretty much a mainstay for New Zealand football for a while now. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's typical of Stephen Carney. Yeah. Elijah Taylor. Hasn't, uh, you know, no love for the incumbents, yeah. people that have done the job before. Yeah. Albeit uh, in a mediocre fashion, yeah. such as Adam Blair. Not sure about Elijah Taylor. I mean, he has played for New Zealand before on, uh, on two occasions, but I'm not... I'm not I'm Elijah not, Taylor? Are you kidding? I'm He's not, the future of I'm, New Zealand rugby uh, league. Maybe, but he had a good... He didn't have a good year this year. Last year... Carved he had, up. He had a very good year, yeah. This year, I mean, he was hampered by injury a little bit. Yes. But uh, I guess put in... That, that's an incumbent getting in. Uh, Dean Vare, um, he's he's more make his debut if he gets on the field. Uh, he's just in the squad at the moment. Kevin Proctor, it's the first time he's been called up. Uh, Cassiano, of course. Makings of a decent side. Yep, um, I mean, they got some. They got they got a couple of decently experienced guys in there. I mean, Jeremy Smith, he's played twenty three times. Uh, Pritchard's done twenty two. Sam Perrett nineteen. Benji twenty six. Mannering twenty nine. Isaac Luke twenty one. So um, you know they got a couple of guys. Greg Eastwood fifteen. That's the double figures, guys. Traditionally, the Kiwis don't do so great in the one off Test matches, but um, they got the makings of a good side. Um, you know, a fair few of those guys have only uh, have been playing fairly recently. Yeah, well, you've got about half a dozen dogs and, in there, so, yeah. you know, there should be some kind of, you Man know... Man should be short of a run. Hasn't played for four weeks. Well, I mean, you know, arguably he hasn't played all year. Yeah, we're well-rested. <laughs> well-rested. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, on, on paper, it's a fair-looking side. Um, but that's the thing, on paper, New Zealand's always, you you look at it and you go, well, you know... That's a formidable side. Jesse Bromwich is a good selection. He's he's been yeah. rewarded with a good year. Yep. Um, Gerard Beale as well. I think he was probably one of Brisbane's most consistent performers uh, over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, you know when they had their tough patch at the end of the season, he was still giving his all. Yep. Um, so he's he's been surprisingly too, given the way he's cast out for ending Lockie's career <laughs> <laughs> by you. <laughs> Definitely a in. decent pack of forwards. Once you put um, Pritchard, Jeremy Smith, uh, Simon Mannering, you know, Cassiano, Cassiano yeah. like Madalino as well. Yeah, some some Matt good forwards, Lino. and I think you know their their bench will come in, uh, you know, come to the fore as well. Because a lot of those guys, they're not going to fit them all in, so That's they'll right. have some quality coming off the bench as well. Yep. Versing the uh, Kangaroo squad, <coughs> which is probably. You know, not a not a great deal of surprises, I don't think. Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis, Josh Morris, Brett Morris, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, Matt Scott, Cameron Smith, James Tamo, Greg Bird, Paul Gallen, Nate Miles, Interchange. Robbie Farrah, Ryan Hoffman, David Shillington, Tony Williams, eighteenth man, Ben Teo. So we actually do have a, a side name for the kangaroos, you know, pretty much yeah. with the eighteenth man in there. Best um, talker in the world. Playing as well, um, playing off the bench. Cameron so maybe, Smith. Um, so maybe he might uh, as in the, in the team as well. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's that, Robbie Farah. Maybe, uh, Ro- maybe Robbie might come on. I mean, given the fact you've got Hoffman uh, and Shillington and uh, Tony Williams, who obviously won't do a fucking lift a fucking finger. I mean, they're play- they're Tony playing Williams with, would be the utility, though. They're playing with sixteen men to start with. Yeah, and um, Tony Williams would be the utility. He's played uh, wing, five eight, second row in his career. Center. Center. But not well at any of them. No, 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 not with any real level of ability. Honestly, I'd put Robbie Farrer on in the centres before I'd put Tony Williams in the centres. Well, Robbie, Robbie Farrer is a god of rugby league, no. He's versatile. I mean, he did play in the halves of Balmain. or oh, sorry, West Tigers a couple of times this year, or yeah. one time. Oh. Abject failure. I think they got Kane, but... Play. He can play anywhere, mate. He can play anywhere in, uh, in, in rugby league. He can probably coach the side as well, run the water, be the trainer. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I do feel bad giving shit to Robbie because, I mean, when it comes down to it, he was the only guy that put in all season. He actually can, uh, you know, hold his head up. How dare you? How about Bo Ryan? How about Bo Ryan? Gave his heart and soul every week. Same with Chris Hyneton. That's why they've been rewarded with new contracts. <laughs> with the Sharks. <laughs> so, I mean, the, you know, the, the kangaroo side, uh, <coughs> with the exception... Of the 18th man being Bentio, uh, the, the the news is that um, this is the first time since 1988 that the Kangaroos squad, Kangaroos side, when you look at the 1 through 17, hasn't included a player from the Brisbane Broncos. That's yeah, a very interesting, interesting statistic, that one. But uh, look, other than Justin Hodges, what's, what's his story? <coughs> yeah, what is his story? Is he injured? Maybe he is. His hamstring's yeah. always injured. He'd be the only one that uh, I, I would think would probably feel a bit stiff to be left out. But Yeah, I'm just thinking through the... Uh, Especially after scoring that scintillating try in Origin. I'm just thinking, who else have they got inside the that could probably raise it? I mean, maybe someone like Gillette might have thought he might have had a chance at a bench spot. Um, yeah, Thide. Thide? Well, Thide, what's going on with him? Even his I mean, form hasn't been bad, so I mean... You know, yeah, but I mean, he's, he's going to get a run over Gallon, Miles... See, like that? Honestly, I would have thought that uh, the answer to that would have been yes, just because, you know, he's sexual oh, chocolate Sam Thido. But, like, Gre- I mean, what's Greg Bird done <clears throat> that puts him in the side ahead of Thido? He was injured through the latter parts of the season, didn't you know, make any real impact. Yeah, good point. So, I mean, yeah, certainly you wouldn't put him in in the side ahead of Gallon and Miles, because, I mean, those guys form-wise have just, you know, blown him out of the park. But, I mean, you know, Thido has a bit to offer, but, um, yeah, maybe they just thought, you know, we've been... Carrying these Broncos players in the Australian side for far too long. Yeah, I don't know that Broncos fans would be up in arms over it. I mean, no, you know. I'm happy to have uh, one manly player in the uh, in both sides. At which the end is good. of the day, Darius Boyd can get a run. Sam thought I probably would feel a bit stiff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, surely we've got better wingers. <laughs> a you know one more better winger than Darius Boyd. Bay Ryan, for starters from the Sharks. Yeah, probably would. The Sharks' best player this year. Why wouldn't you put? Why wouldn't you put um? Barber and just to have him in the side, you know, like to put fullbacks on yeah. there. Put Bar- I mean, because there's no one in the world that would say that Barber offers less than Darius Boyd. No, you're right, and I, I guess he's, um, you know, he's a Dalian medalist. He probably deserves to be rewarded with a, a national jersey, but you know, the side is what it is. They're still going to win by 30 points, regardless of who they put out there. Exactly. You know. I wonder if the shoe's going to be Probably on the other tight foot until time. Robbie Farrah takes the field and will blow the game wide open. I wonder if the shoe's <coughs> going to be on the other foot. Given the, given the concentration of uh, Storm and Canterbury plays in the Kiwi side, and we don't have the same kind of... You know, we've got obviously the spine. is the Storm spine, which is probably handy for us. Uh, but I wonder, you know, because we're not coming straight off the, the pressure cooker of origin, where the guys are all battle-hardened and playing like a you know an Anzac Day test. Mm. Oh, sorry, it's... Um, 
you know, when they play when sorry, when they're playing for Origin selection. Yeah. You know, and the guys are all kind of peaking, you know, leading up to Origin. That's usually when we catch the Kiwis off guard. After the season, when we've got a lot of guys that haven't played for a little while and they've got, you know, a nucleus like, you know, their pack and, you know, dogs and war uh, dogs and uh, storm players. I wonder if that means it'll, you know, even up a little bit more than it has in the yeah, past. You never know. <laughs> the coach by the coach by Stephen Candy say so. Us by a million oh, we coach by Tim Sheen's fucking hell. This is a yeah. lottery. Nil all. <laughs> nil, nil, nil all with with <laughs> a new a new uh, international test match record of passes being thrown into the first row. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to uh ne- you know, the, the selections for next year's one off test match if they're just gonna get unemployed blokes to fucking yeah. do the jobs on the national teams. Yeah. Now moving on to a story that's um you know, probably the biggest story <coughs> bigger story than the grand final result, I think, has been completely overshadowed. Hungry, hungry James Graham. There's going to be a special judiciary hearing on Thursday night, not Wednesday night. Uh, reason being, I think the Bulldogs have their presentation night or you know, their postseason function on Wednesday night, so they asked if they could do it, you know, postpone it, and uh, that was agreed to. Um, Graham, he's expected to plead guilty to the ungraded contrary conduct charge after being referred directly to the tribunal to answer allegations by Slater that he bit his ear in the 26th minute of the grand final on Sunday. And... By not grading the charge, that means the match review committee has indicated that it's far worse than the maximum offence they have, which is a grade five, which would have seen him face a seven-match ban. So there are suggestions that the suspension could go down in the annals of history as one of the longest ever. Now, precedents for biting cases. Brad Moran received an eight-match suspension in 2007 for biting Tamana Tahu on the arm. This but, was far worse than that. Yeah, the, differenti- the differentiator in this case is the fact that... Um, as with nearly every biting case I've ever seen, is usually like the guy's fingers get in the guy's mouth or the arm wraps around the mouth in the tackle and then that's how it happens. This time, I mean, he just came up, grabbed Slater, chomp. Um, also, it was on grand final day and although they, you know, I don't know how much they can count it like that, the fact is... Well, it's contrary conduct, so that yeah. that definitely is a factor. And the, uh, and the audience of uh, almost four and a half million, including um, Australia and New Zealand, uh, you know, the NRL probably don't take a, you know a kindly view to, the, to something yeah. like that happening being replayed ad nauseum. Um, Billy Slater hasn't commented. Uh, he's not going to have to testify at the, at the hearing either. I don't think they need to because um, uh, Melbourne officials are going to provide a statement, but also, you know, it's pretty, the footage is pretty clear as is, you know, the, 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 case, the situation with his ear after. I mean, yeah. you can clearly tell, I mean, it had been cut. It was swollen up obviously through, you know, the bacteria that live on, you know, those, you know, horrible yellow pegs that English people call teeth. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, so, so Graham, he's been charged. There's been a couple of other charges as well. Sisawaka and uh, Todd Lowry, uh, they face one match bans. And Josh Reynolds, uh, if he pleads guilty, he'll get off. Um, Josh Reynolds has probably been punished enough by the punches that would landed flush in his face after he hit Sisawaka. Yeah, I mean, we'll deal with those. We'll deal with those guys first. I mean, uh, Todd Lowry, I can't even remember what he did in that melee. Why, why was he singled out ahead of like Eastwood, I think, who uh, who got um, Slater in it like a rear naked choke to kick it all off? No, it was stag. Um, was it stag was it? And um and then you had like you know Kristen Inu. He's on. He started it by you know coming in and, and smashing Slater yeah. after after the the try was scored. So he was the instigator. That that kicked it all off as a as a thing. Um, you know, and there were lots of guys pushing and shoving and stuff. So I'm not sure how Todd. La- I'm not sure what T- Todd Lowry did to um. To get himself into that, uh, to no, what well, he was I mean, Wacker and Josh Reynolds. I mean, no problem there. Those they were the only two that stood toe to toe and traded punches. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough on that case. 
But um, but once again, I mean, you know, Josh Reynolds was the aggressor there too, to the point that Waka just stood there and let him land two flush shots on his face. Yeah. Didn't even blink or, t- or bat an eyelid. No. Then said, okay, you've had your two freebies. Now it's my turn. And that's when it got broken up, obviously, when they realised that uh, Reynolds was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so those guys, I mean, you know, wipe the slate clean on them. Although I would like to say, Melee spills out into the sideline. Players from both teams are involved. What's the common thread between this and the last one? Melbourne Storm. Yes. Maybe it had nothing to do with Manly. Maybe it's just the Melbourne Storm. They like to have fucking melees that spill over the sidelines. Clearly, they've done it again. And also, how about the Chargers with the Doggies fan that was fucking throwing stuff at them when they were fighting? Did you see that guy? I saw someone lob a plastic cup. Yeah, threw a grenade at (laughs) Billy Slater. Very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, par for the course with Doggies players. Now, let's move on to the big charge. What do you think about the bite? Oh... I think he's got to go for twelve weeks at least. Yeah, I mean that's in- that's my number. I think it's uh, it's fairly unique in uh, as far as biting cases go. Certainly, you know, in the time that I've been watching the game. Yeah. Um, in the Brad- time that they've had, you know, action replays and instant replays where you can actually see clearly from multiple angles what happened. That's right. I think um, you know. Between, you know, things like eye gouging, biting, um, you know, hopawadiing. Yeah. Anything John Hopawadi did in his career. Um, prostate massage. Well, <laughs> unsolicited prostate checks and um, rearranging people's yeah. faces with your elbows. Those sorts of things are generally hit pretty hard by the judiciary. Yeah. And, um, and I think they probably... There's just no other way. They have to go and and drop the hammer on him, and I think he's got to go for at least twelve weeks. People are saying, you know, six or five. Get fucked. If that, I mean, when you look at some of the things that have attracted five and six weeks suspensions, you've got to say that that Morin got got eight weeks. So that's an absolute baseline. Of which it's still apples and oranges, given how blatant this this one was. Exactly. Who was Brad Morin playing for when he? Um, dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. It's in their game. Yeah, apparently. Their, their bite is worse than their bark, except, in, of course, in playing skill. But, like, you know, when it comes to literal biting, yeah. they're fucking masters of it. <laughs> Aren't um, they what? They're, they're masters. And I think there was one with Jared McCracken as well. But he may is have he been a biter? He, I, I think so. But that may have been, he may have been at Parramatta then. I'm not sure. But not sure. still, he may have learned, he probably learned his trade at the dogs in his time at the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, thing well, is, my that, number's 12 weeks. Um, the thing I is, it's so blatant that he, he didn't, he didn't run in swinging punches and, you know, there wasn't pushing sharp. He ran he in, targeted, grabbed his head, he, he bit him. ran in, <laughs> two hands on him, didn't throw any, he didn't like try and tie up one of his arms and then sort of throw punches with the other. He ran in, grabbed him and went straight for the chomp. I mean, it was the most blatant thing. They say it's, oh, you know, it's not in his go, it's not his go, blah, blah, oh, blah. Well, fucking explosion. clearly it is because he but, just grabbed the bloke and bit him on the fucking ear. Clearly it is his go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, I is think it's not something you just wake up one morning and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have a random yeah. fucking a- attack of biting. For me, just given like the, the obviousness and the fact that it wasn't like a, a heat of the moment thing, like he ran from outside of the melee, got Slater and then just chomped on him without throwing punches or anything first. Mm. For me, I mean, it's probably the worst thing I've seen. It's probably the worst thing I've seen as far as like, um, you know, like just pure, like just grubbery, pure yeah. grubbery. And so you look at the past acts of, you know, really bad acts of grubbery, both held by the same person, John Hopawati, 
the proctology uh, incident back in 2001, I think it was, that got 12 weeks. And then in 2005, Hoppawati again with the massive flying elbow to knock out Source. Uh, that it took, did knock Source some sense into Source because he then signed the, the then Source. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. After, after he'd had about a, a taken a year off the game to learn to fucking walk and talk again mm. and hold a pen to sign a contract. <laughs> and I actually watched that tackle on YouTube again. It was fucking spectacular. Like, just incredible the fucking speed and the and the lift off he got and just the absolute I mean like Source is not a small dude and just to fucking wipe him flat mm. and just oh my almost fucking killed the poor bastard it was it anyway was back to, back to but that was Graham. but that was seventeen ta- that was seventeen weeks yeah so I think you got to put you've got to place it at least somewhere in between that you know yeah. like so uh, more than twelve. But still, you know, I'm not saying it should be less than 17. I mean, you know, they might want to go for a new record here. But, uh, you know, cancel his visa and fucking just send him home. I don't I don't care what you do. I mean, I don't care what happens to James Graham at all. But, I mean, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen and should be punished accordingly. And if it's anything less than 12 weeks, I'll go fucking mental. Yeah, I, I think 12 is a number. And, um, you know, if it's more, then so be it. But, fuck, if it's any less, they're, they're yeah. setting a, a dangerous precedent for teams in grand finals. Yep. <laughs> as far as how much... You know, he, he was he was lucky that it did only go and report, given that the evidence was so conclusive. But I think the referees have been under so much pressure lately um, to have sent a player off yeah. um, in a grand final. Although I think, given the evidence that yeah. we were looking at at home, it was probably warranted. But yeah, I wonder um, if the video referee could have looked at it and said, "Yeah, th- he's got to go. Gotta he's got to go. go for that." Because I mean, the referees, you know, clearly, unless they actually see it happen, I mean, like the evidence was plain to see. I mean, mm-hmm. Cameron Smith or Billy Slater went up first, and Archer dismissed him, and then uh, you know, then they sort of settled down, spoke to Cameron Smith, and then they could clearly see. Yeah. And, and and I remember Tony Archer pulled the referees in, the sideline referees in as well, and said. Okay, you see that? You see his ear. They all looked yeah. at his ear. Did you see that? You see that? So, you know. And at the end of the day, the Storm didn't get anything for that either. I mean, the try was awarded for the dogs. Yeah. And Storm got nothing for us. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy. If you like, you know, the lack... I mean, like, you're looking at NFL, for example. If you score a touchdown and then that happened after it, they can nullify the score mm. and just take it off you. So, crazy. Um, and they're saying it could ca- uh, cost Graham his, uh, the captaincy for England for their uh, matches against Wales and France, and it's possible oh, that... fucking please. This is England we're talking about. Prick will be fucking knighted next Friday. Yeah, but you want to... The thing, the thing is, is bullshit is that they might try and count those uh, suspension matches, you know, they might oh, subtract too much by saying, oh, he definitely would have been selected for the English side, so therefore that's too... Who's you know, that guy that's captain, was captain of their fucking soccer team? John Terry? Yeah. He was rooting anything that moved. Yeah. He was still captain of their national side. Ryan Giggs had sex with his brother's missus. Still a welcome addition. He's fucking just about to be, he'll be knighted once he's retired. Fucking they go for anything in England. Yeah, but that's just rooting too. It's not like biting a dude. It's different. Adultery? I don't know how you root. Committing <laughs> multiple acts of adultery. I don't know how you root, but biting is not, <laughs> it's I'm not into, really... I'm into all sorts of stuff in my own mind, but... Yeah, anyway, James Graham, fucking good boy. Yeah, and uh, and doggies fans, you might get the blame for it as well because uh, there's whispers out of the Bulldogs camp that um, scenes at Belmore in the lead up to the grand final, which involved fans chanting and blowing car horns as they did uh, happy laps of the streets, they may have had a negative effect on the players. And uh, Des Hasler is understood to have told officials it was nothing like that at Manly in the lead up to last year's grand final, and this is, could have been detrimental to the side. Wow. 
doing what a load of fucking shit. Talk about looking for a scapegoat. Blame me, blame me, eighteenth player. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, we'll keep on the Bulldogs wow. for the next story. They had another controversy the next day. I mean, because that biting incident really did overshadow everything in the grand final. Really. Yeah, I I mean, it's, it's all anyone was talking about afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I struggle to remember many of the tries that was that was scored in that game. Um, Yet, you know, the biting thing, obviously, you know, massively to the fore. But the next day, the dogs tried to outdo that by having their uh, their Mad Monday doing, you know, what I assume is the right thing. They had a private function. It was at Belmore. You know, perhaps they could have had it at a different place, a better place. like you Other know, than book- their spiritual home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, um, you know, their spiritual home, but players were urinating on the field, apparently. In open open view of other people, um, so you know that's a spiritual home. But you know they mark their territory on their spiritual home too, um, and they were inside. Uh, bulldogs, yeah, that's what dogs do, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, apparently, and, and yeah, they bite people and mark their territories. <laughs> Why are we so fucking surprised? Uh, they had a window open there, they, they, and they're partying inside, and um, the people involved haven't come to light yet because of being inside and the video I saw you can only tell I think it might have been Chris Ninu's arm like sort of grip but whether he's a guy that said anything who knows but there were some comments to Channel 9 uh, reporter Jane has a party said uh, there are there are some ladies here to stick their heads in your pants and uh, followed by suck me off you dumb dog and I want to go and punch you in the face Wow. That fucking escalated quickly, didn't it? Didn't it? What? It was all romantic first. Yeah, sticking, the head, stick, sticking the head in the pants. And then, you know, Imagine, as a party, you'd be like, oh, got, hang on, let me let me ponder that for a second. It, oh, he could be interested. And then... And then, you know, then, it got, then it got sexy with, you know, suck me off your dumb dog. Yeah, and then she was like, well, that's a little bit forward. Maybe yeah. not without dinner and a movie. And then and some um, kebabs. And then I just go straight to Robert Louis style. I want and to go punch him in the face. Hang on, I haven't even given you an answer yet. And you want to punch me in the face. <laughs> I mean, funny, the time waits for no man, clearly. Don't wait exactly. for dog either. Um, and also, uh, Fred Seraldo, the gear steward, he uh, had a family house spray towards the media as well. And as I said, the players also urinated on Belmore Sports Ground in full view of the assembled media. So uh, it's being investigated by club management. Um, I haven't seen too much in the way of official statement, although I did see uh, Todd Greenberg tweet. Uh, he said, I spoke with the journalist today and apologised on behalf of the club. That's not how we do business. We'll follow up internally. So... Um, well, if anyone's going to handle it well, it's the best administrator in the game, Todd Greenberg. Oh, you'd think so. Um, you'd think you know, you'd think he'd be yeah, you know, he'd be the best administrator. But clearly, I mean, I wouldn't imagine that he'd he'd take you know look at that in a favourable light. And I don't know that he's a, given the the coverage that it's got. Um, I don't think he's the type of person that's going to look at it as a boys will be boys sort of thing. Um, but I just have to ask again, whenever this sort of thing comes up, the fuck are they thinking? And that goes for for the players that said things. Why why the fuck would you be p- pissing on the field when there's media around? If you've learnt nothing, from, and I'm not saying that they didn't have you know whatever reason they had to be pissed off at the media being there. I'm not saying that they didn't have any right to be pissed off, but fucking handle it in a professional way. Exactly. Screaming out stuff like that. I mean, there seems to be a lot of blame has been thrown on the media, and like, oh, why were they there? You know, it's just become a thing these days. I do agree with that. I do agree that, really, it's Mad Monday. These guys get fucking saturated coverage all year. They fucking, they bust their asses and, and, you know, you know, have some media outlets say that they're not overly, um, it's not overly easy to get access to NRL clubs. Yeah. Um, and that's something they can work on together. Um, 
I, do, I don't know that they need to be there. That's on a, that Monday. That's well, a funny what thing other as well. reason do you have? Yeah, well, the, the funny thing is I saw someone complaining and saying, you know, uh, leave them alone on Mad Monday and, you know, get it all in, out of the system, get all your, the, your reporting out of your system on after the game. Well, guess what? They close their dressing rooms to the media after the grand final, which is actually a breach of NRL regulations, so they're going to cop a heavy fine for doing that anyway. Yeah. They just keep kicking goals. The greatest administrator of the game is administrating like a boss at the moment. <laughs> He's doing a fantastic job. And what it goes to show is that... You know, for all his administration side, uh, you know, for building the facilities, what Greenberg has tried to do, he thought by taking Desi and, you know, some staff, he thought that what he could do is actually replicate, like, you know, Manly's culture. And he's, he's, he's found out the hard way that he's failed miserably and that, um, you know, this culture, you can't, you know, it, it's been built since 19, you know, since 1972, you, know, you know, as far as like, you know, when they started, you know, getting into grand finals and, you know, against the odd sort of stuff. Dogs, you had good culture. Before you sold, you sold a Super League and shit. <laughs> and um, now it's it's proving harder than you thought to get it back. Now you're just being a troll. Um, again, <laughs> I, I don't really agree with the media being there, but the fact was they were. And, and the fact is the media's always there, all year round. That's there's right. No, there's, there's no like unspoken amnesty or something for, for Mad Monday Day. I mean, that's where they're going to get more stories. So what you do... Is if you're a, if you're the best administrator in the NRL, you fucking sort it sort your shit out properly and don't let it happen. For example, well, it wasn't Todd Greenberg shouting obscenities, Nathan. And no, no, obviously it wasn't. some players need to be brought into line. There's but no doubt he had do some that. he would have had some say in the, in you know where the function how the function was run and you know the security thereof. Look after the 2008 grand final. Manly provided a, there was an apartment complex with a penthouse for the players, and they put security downstairs at the at the foyer of the the apartment complex, and no one. They had a, basically a list, and no one who was not on that list could get up there. So it was just, you know, all you see was some players on the veranda. Worst thing that happened is I think they took some clippers to Wolfman's head. But um, that's it. No scandal. There was plenty of scandal to come, though, wasn't there, mate? Well, that was 2009. Yeah, but And as was. it turns out, that was all beat up, too. Was it? In a court of law. Everything, that, everything that went on. Everything. Right. Anyway, the players should know better. I don't care how drunk they were. They should have kept their mouth shut and the media should probably have a bit of a look at themselves as to the reasons why they were there. Were they there to, you know, to, to try and uncover a scandal or be there if something went wrong? I think that's pretty poor journalism. And, of course they uh, were. But that's the thing. You go, I mean, they, they went there because they thought there'd be a story and, you know, and they were certainly got on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know... Th- it's disappointing when, you know, the fact that we've just finished a, a really successful season. We've, we've had our refereeing issues... But, you know, there's a lot of stats across the game to, to show that the game's in, in good health. Uh, and, you know, we've got the day after the biggest game of the season, all anyone's talking about is players mouthing off at the media and someone biting someone. Like, exactly. for fuck's sake, get your shit together, boys. Exactly. Now, uh, what other stories have we got here? Max Delmage on Facebook. He uh, he gobbed off to Hasler uh, pretty much an hour after the game was finished, and uh, he said that uh, where is it? I feel I have to say this, Des Hasler. If you'd not been so greedy and self-opinionated, you would have been the coach of the Premiers again tonight. Manly Seagulls, the players, staff, and myself gave you all the support, both personally and financially, to the best of what the present-day environment could afford. Obviously, this was not enough. I've given Manly all I can and will continue to do so. Why? Because Manly supporters remain true, faithful, and genuine. You made an error in judgment, in which we forgive you. See you next year in the grand final. So he thinks the dogs will make the grand final again next year. He does against Manly, evidently. Sorry, against Manly, evidently. 
And um, he thinks the reason that Manly didn't win the comp is because Des Hasler wasn't their coach. Yeah, pretty much. Right. I think so. It's a bit of a slur on uh, Jeff Toohey, if you ask me. Well. And he must be, you know, if he's having a slight on Des Hasler, I mean, you think Des Hasler would Well, no, no, because then he followed up. Another grand final No, he followed up when when questioned about it. He did did follow up and say, no, he was giving him, uh, he he was actually giving him a rap. So it it was a compliment. He was saying that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he wished he'd still been at Manly. It was meant to be a compliment. And if Des had been with Manly, we'd won the premiership. So he was actually, it was actually a compliment to Desi. Because was, they had Jeff Toovey, yeah, a second-rate coach, they slamming. didn't win the premiership. Yes. I mean, what Jeff Toovey? Second, I mean, Jeff Toovey rate. doesn't need much of a reason to fucking whinge about stuff. Second-rate coach. Hang on a minute. A second-rate coach who, who coached his side to six places above the ladder than the, than the Australian coach, who's the fucking veteran legend of, you know, 30, 30 years. And he's unemployed. So this is how the Tigers do, do business, mate. You don't get the results. <laughs> five you years, get arsehold out. Five years late. Six years too late. <laughs> yeah, we six years too late. I said five. I was going to be generous. But no. <laughs> That's how we do business, mate. We drop the hammer from a really, really, really great height. It just takes a fucking long time for the hammer to make its mark. Yeah, they're dropping it from fucking Pluto. <laughs> um, now, the next... Did you see Melbourne Storm's urn? No. It was on the news what site. Or the ashes of good taste in there. I don't know what it is, but it's like a black urn with Melbourne Storm logo on it. Anyway, someone spotted this urn and um, and apparently it's a sacred thing to the Melbourne Storm. When the Storm packed their luggage to head back to Melbourne, um, there was a there was near the Premiership pro- trophy, you know, taking, you know, equal pride of place was this glossy black urn with a Melbourne Storm sticker on it. And uh, and they say that it's the, it's the Storm's secret weapon. And uh, Ron Gauchy, the uh, chief executive, said, I don't know about a secret weapon. There's a story behind it. We don't tell people what that story is, but there's a story behind it. Uh, he'd provide no details on what makes it so special, how long it's tracked the club, the games, or even how it came to being. He said, it's something that Craig Bellamy and the players do, and it would be inappropriate for me to comment. It's only appropriate for Craig to talk about it. Uh, Bellamy was less willing to talk about the urn, but he said that their respect for the urn is real and not me- merely some quirky superstition. It's a bit of a sacred thing with the group, but I'm not going to divulge what it is, he said. It's a thing that stays within the group and is going to stay within the group. It's not a thing we use the whole year, just different parts of the year. What is known about the urn is that it carried, it has carried ashes, but not of any person. Whatever it is, though, it certainly carries some significance. It's obviously come from something that's been burned, Bellamy said. So, <laughs> I wonder what they burned and put in there. Additional contracts? <laughs> Evidence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you'd go down that path. Well, the, uh, the, uh, I thought it might have been the ashes of um, the the gentleman that passed away that they they play. For, and forgive me, I can't remember his name. Um, but when the Warriors and the Storm play, was it like um, like Michael Maguire? No, uh, no, he's coaching no. South no, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, no, fair no. job. Yeah, no, I'm not just a zombie. Trying, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Oh, what was his name? Fuck. Forgotten. Yeah, I'm, I apologise, Melbourne Storm fans, for not knowing someone that's very uh, held in such <laughs> high regard in your club. Um, but that gentleman, I, I thought for a second there it might uh, might have been his ashes, but they're, they're saying it's not of a person. But well, they're saying very it's interesting story. It is. I mean, I, and and the, I don't know if you watch, um, uh, you know, much like a how big the urn? Would it take the ashes of a boat? <laughs> a caravan. Um, did, did, I don't know if you've seen much, uh, you know, like WWF or whatever. Yeah. But um, it reminds me of like, you know, now, now the the picture in my head now is like a Craig Bellamy, you know, as the players walk down the tunnel to get on the field, Craig Bellamy's walking behind them holding the urn up like Paul Bear uh, for The Undertaker. <laughs> you know, back in the day, like Undertaker would draw all his power when he's out, when he was down and out. And um, <laughs> How about um, 
Maybe it's uh, the remnants of Adam Blair's career. It could be the source of Adam, Adam Blair's power. Maybe. <laughs> and, it's, and it's still down in Melbourne, so I can't I'll get really... my hands on that fucking urn. <laughs> <laughs> Start force-feeding whatever's in there down Adam Blair's throat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, searchy, 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 Michael Moore. Yes. Michael so Michael Moore uh, was the unfortunate gentleman and so I think what you know you solved the mystery it's actually his ashes I'm not sure his family would be too keen on his ashes just following the team around but yeah you're probably right but yeah you're interesting right. story and I mean I'm not sure if it's, it's something that's kind of known amongst Melbourne Storm supporters or whatever but I've honestly never fucking heard of it which is why I put it in there because it's not really it's not really a news story you know per se but it's something I'd never ever heard of before so it was just yeah, interesting right. I wanted to run it past no, it as well like I said very interesting Okay, signing news. Just quickly, the deals with Bo and Hino officially announced today by the Sharks, even though they've been fairly public and done and dusted for about two weeks now. But in other signing news, the South City Rabbitohs, they announced the re-signing of Australian international and uh, origin, Indigenous All-Star, etc., etc., Greg Inglis, until the end of the 2017 season. So, he's... Uh, he did, it's not a five-year deal. It's an extension of his existing deal. But all in all, it, you know, it's essentially the same thing. He's got another five years at the Rabbits, mm. um, which is interesting because five-year deals aren't necessarily the greatest thing ever invented. Um, you've got some uh, quotes there from Michael Maguire saying that uh, the long-term re-signing gives the club and the team a real boost as they get ready for 2013. Greggy is a very obviously a very talented player and he's really matured and become a leader at South Sydney. He's capable of some extraordinary things on the field and he has an extraordinary effect on people off the field too. He's told me he's fully committed to the club, the team and the South Sydney district and you can see that by the efforts he puts in on and off the field. He's a big part of what we're trying to achieve here and we're all very excited to know he'll be here until 2017 and hopefully longer. He's uh, he's going to be what thirty? He's twenty five now, so he'll be thirty by the time he's done. Yeah. Fucking hell! Like, if he's like you look at someone like Lockie. Yep. No, they're different positions, right? But yep. you, from fullback, your body's not really subjected to a lot of the grind that you are at five eight. Yeah. And, and the amount of defence that uh, you know, but Lockie, a high like, profile five eight would have to do. He'd still make a lot more tackles than Greg Inglis would in a game. Lockie didn't really make many tackles ever. He still would. If he made if he made a hundred tackles across his entire career, I'd be very fucking surprised. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're a ridiculous human. Um, he's going to be thirty, and who knows what he'll achieve in the game? Yeah, certainly at a representative level. He's already done enough. That's for sure. He sure has. Um, it's it's a good it's a good move from the bunnies, I think. In the f- fact, as far as retaining. Other players, yeah. Um, for a guy the profile of Inglis and the ability of Inglis to pledge his allegiance to the club for such a long period of time, guys that are sort of toing and froing probably gives them or, or gives the club more leverage to hang on to those sorts of guys because Inglis is a, a type of person, a type of player that you can build a club around, and they're doing a fairly good job of it at the moment. Um, I was very interested to hear that he had extended his deal for so long given that the new TV rights deal and, and what the salary cap's going to be doing in a few years' time hasn't really been revealed um, to the, to its full extent. Yeah, I think yeah. they have enough of an idea, though, you know, like a ballpark idea that they can obviously sign him up to. He's probably yeah, on but, a good Yeah, I mean, anyway. you look at someone like Farah and they're saying, you know, he, he's saying, well, you know, we're still waiting 
Yeah. We, we, we'll talk to the Tigers, no problem, but there's still a lot of uncertainty over what the salary cap's going to be. Well, so maybe Inglis actually is, you know, committed to South Sydney and wants to achieve something with South Sydney, and, you know, money's not his driving factor. Yeah, that's, that's all I can put it down to. Or Which is crazy to think that Greg Inglis is a player, you know, with more honour and integrity than Robbie Farrar. Especially given the whole situation happened with the Broncos. Well, I think um, I think Robbie's <laughs> probably looking for a bit more uh, of an indication as to who's going to be coaching the Tigers moving forward, and who's going to be playing for the Tigers other than him <laughs> as well, because they, you know they seem to be stripping out two or three decent players a year. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't blame him for having his reservations. Um, he's a Tiger through and through. I can't see him going anywhere. Um, but that's off track. I think uh, good move from the Bunnies. Good uh, insurance policy for Inglis. He's. Yep. Um, He's tied away for a long period of time, earning some serious coins. So uh, it's it's win-win. I just wonder, you know, some of the third-party deals, etc., that he's become accustomed to. Yeah. He got a you know full-time residence at the at the Star. Possibly. What's involved? Just a lot of brown paper bags from Rusty. Delonghi, I think. you know, Delonghi coffee machines. Yeah, the yeah. wazoo. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, I mean, he could still buy a shitload of Delonghi stuff anyway, because I mean, surely he hasn't spent all the fifty grand on his Harvey Norman. Maybe you're right. Vouchers or whatever. Caffeine's a diuretic. Maybe why he's got so fit. Drinking so much fucking coffee. It's possible. It's possible. Recaps. Well, recap. One game. Big game. Grand final, 2012, the, Melbourne the Storm West 14. Tigers. Oh, not that Fucking game. calm down. Melbourne Storm 14 defeated the Canterbury Bulldogs for a crowd of 82,976, which I think was a record crowd since uh, 2000. Since the restructuring, yeah. Since the restructuring, yeah. And, um, and I think they they reconfigured. I heard something about they reconfigured the seating at uh, ANZ, which allowed for you know a couple about three grand more, okay. which is why it was the record because it was a sellout. But um, they had a slightly higher capacity. Um, so the Melbourne Storm, their fourteen came from tries to Ryan Hoffman, Billy Slater, Justin O'Neill, Cameron Smith, one of three conversions, a shit effort based on that. But then you also have to add in he missed both shots at penalty goal as well. Mm. So a total night of one from five. I mean, it's it, it gave you a boner because, you know, you could pretend Benji Marshall was playing in the grand final. It was fantastic. And, you know, who knows when we'll ever see that again, yep. if Can- ever. Yeah, exactly. So. And the dogs, four points. Try to Sam Perrett. The end. Captain Snooze couldn't get that conversion. Pretty convincing performance from the Storm. I thought they were near on perfect for 80 minutes. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, I think the Bulldogs, um, certainly in attack, I think they were a little bit overawed. I think they were frustrated by the Melbourne Storm defence. And um, their much-vaunted sort of interchange of passing through the forwards, Melbourne just come up with the with the game plan to um, to nullify that. Yep. I think they executed that to perfection as well as completing <laughs> all bar one of their sets, I think, one or two yeah. maybe. Um, their kicking game was, was perfect through Cronk, who was a Churchill medalist. Uh, deservedly so. Uh, their forwards, their forwards did a great job. Uh, just, just you know, if you're going to put a performance like that together, you'd, yep. you'd love it to be in a grand final. And that's right. Um, the pressure was on both teams. I think Canterbury wilted a little. They defended their guts out. 
Um, you know, because the Storm had more than enough possession and more than enough field position. And they didn't some attack the badly either. They didn't attack badly either. They didn't make a hell of a lot of mistakes either, to be honest. I mean, the dogs, they weren't, they weren't terrible. But the Storm just had the game plan. I just think they were slightly off the dogs. Yeah, I think, I don't know if that was because they were the storm overawed. Just, the Storm just pushed, I think the Storm just, the, the, just flustered. made them that way because it seemed like they compressed their defense in the middle, which completely nullified the short passing of the forwards. And it was almost like they were conceding, you know, they were happy to concede 30 meters on a break down the wing because they knew that their outside guys were fast enough to run anyone down and when they did get to them everyone had pushed back in a line so that any inside guys that were coming up for support they just mowed down straight away anyway so um you know it was, it was great defense and that, that's what that's was the defense that won it i mean you know cameron smith missed so many goals it could have been you know more comprehensive it could have been 22 points to four sure but uh, even bellamy said afterwards that you know oh he'd like to think that that smith you know deliberately missed the goals to keep the team focused <laughs> <laughs> nice save um look i i think for the for the storm you know a lot's been made about the redemption uh after being stripped of their titles due to their salary cap breaches um and i guess that is a story and i, I think that considering <coughs> they've got three uber talents in their team um in the in slater cronk and smith um but yeah, it's a testament to Bellamy's coaching um, and the culture at the place. When you look at some of the other players um, that have come through the ranks there and, and come from other clubs and yep. people like Brian Norrie we've spoken about mm-hmm. before, he was playing country footy. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's like captain coach of some, of yeah, some, some countryside. You know, yeah. fucking rural town. He gets a call from Craig Bellamy and, you know, a season or so later he's a premiership winner. Yep. Jamin Lowe was on the scrap heap. Yeah, imagine um, that, Jamin Lowe, premiership winner. I know he was. Um, he was a bit of a journeyman, played a bit with um, Sears and you know a yeah. few other teams. And he, you know, again, like I said, on the scrap heap, gets a call up, and he's an integral part of a, of a premiership winning squad. Justin O'Neill, you know, like he's he's be a guy that was probably solid first grader, um, and he's. He's turned him into an origin. He's turned him into an origin player and a premiership winner. Sisawaka played three quarters of the season for Sharky's reserve grade. Yeah. And, and he's, he's won a premiership just come in. And these aren't guys that are just warm bodies. These are guys that are contributing. Yeah. And yeah. he has every single member of that team contributing um, to the nth degree of their ability. Um, and they don't make mistakes. Um, and then you've got the control of Smith around the ruck. You've got the control of... and and selective passing of Kronk and, he, and his kicking game to give them a field position. Yep. And then they've got the brilliant, brilliance of Slater. It's it's like the perfect fucking concoction that he's just whipped up with. Yeah, with as long as those other guys make their tackles and, you know, the forwards they make, you know, sort of 10 metres of carry or whatever yep. and get up and make, you know, as quick as possible play the ball, that's all they need to do. Exactly right. And, um, you know, I think... You know where where does where does Bellamy finish up as far as his coaching career goes? When you look at the performance that he, he's done with his squad, they they almost it's almost like they've sort of flipped the bird at the NRL to a certain extent and said, well, you know, okay, we, we've done the wrong thing. Um, we're going to have to shed you know players of the caliber of Inglis um, yep. and you know the artist formerly known as Adam Blair and you know numerous other guys and and they've still won a premiership and and we fucking comprehensively you know impressive against you know a team that set the benchmark for pretty much the whole year yep. so um, as for the dogs I think um, 
credit has to go to Hasler. I know it won't come from you, but I'm happy to give him... Yeah, no um, credit for a losing grand final. Credit for where it's due. Won um, one last year, didn't you, son? I think uh, when when Greenberg, you know, did make the big coup to, to sign Hasler, I think they probably would have had this year penciled in as a, as a building block. I, I don't know that they would have had the expectations to be on the run that they've had this year, so it's a credit to his coaching. He's overhauled the way that the club's played football, um, and it took them a little bit at the start of the year to grasp it, and you know, once they did, they, they didn't really look back. And they've Again, they've got some, some guys in there that aren't world beaters, but yep. he's he's got them contributing, um, and then you've got the brilliance uh, of Barber off the back of that, and and the control and some solid forwards, you know, with skillful passing game. So and then you add T Rex to that, <laughs> and they're actually a worse side than they are, they are this year, next year. Well, certainly so, if he uh, plays at his, uh, if he plays, you know, the caliber of, of football that he played at the back end of last season, it'll be a welcome addition. I think if he plays the style of footy that he's played in large part All season. this season and then uh, and a lot of times prior to the back end of last season, yeah. uh, I don't know that they, uh, they're going to get value for money. Let's they're not, not going to get value for money for him because they paid so much for him. It's literally impossible for them to get, unless he starts kicking goals and fucking doing Which some other Which he's capable of well. doing. Um, let's not forget that, you know, he got that spot at Manly based on what, four six performances at Parramatta where yep. he, he made those sorts of runs. Yep. Um, it certainly wasn't a, a, a strong body of work if, during his time at Parramatta. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think Hasler probably could be credited for, for getting the best out of him, albeit not for full season at a time. He had him, but he had him for like four years. and he got, <laughs> or three, yeah. three years and he, got, and he got half a dozen games out of him. So, you know, he's he's building a career on, on sporadic, performances or of, yeah. of dominance um, and strong running but when you're a guy that size you'd really think that you should be able to put it consistently together um, but I think next year you know they've, they've been minor premiers they set the benchmark you know for a large part this season and then they're beaten grand finalists but I think next season was going to be the the year that they uh, that the administration there and, and Hasler himself probably had penciled in um, to be a really successful year so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with yeah exactly I say, in this, in this grand final, I mean, it wasn't even a game. Fourteen-four on the score on the scoreboard, and you know, if you hadn't watched the game, you'd say, "Oh, you know, it's pretty, you know, fairly, fairly tight." You know, not much more. You know, mm. not much more than a try in it. But um, honestly, it's probably second most dominant grand final I've ever seen. <laughs> I think, um, I think some some credit has to go to the Bulldogs' defence in the second half. Um, I think they were sort of out on their feet there in patches, uh, and they Melbourne had quite a great deal of, of field position and possession and you'd normally expect them to put a lot more points on but uh, the dogs dug deep uh, and and held them out but you know again if, if Smith kicks the goals uh, it, it looks a lot more comprehensive and it was probably a, f- a fair indication of the of the disparity between the two teams Melbourne just too good on the day um, and and like I said saved probably a perfect 80 minutes of football for the grand final which is uh, it's a fucking you know, it's a credit to to the club. Yep. Twitter, given there's only one game, I've, I've got a ton of tweets down here. Um, Aussie11198, Cam Smith is choking worse than the West Tigers in the last six seasons. Hashtags in decline. He sent that to West Tigers as well, so they did you be fucking loving life. Devonhead, if Slater wasn't a chronic lead with the feet guy, that event, in quotes, doesn't happen. 
You know, no. Slater didn't leave with feet. This is on this is one occasion where he didn't leave with the feet. You could tell he was trying to bail out, and he ended up hitting him. He was actually had his back to Parrot when he actually made mm. contact. He, that to the extent he was trying to pull out, yeah. he wasn't trying to follow through. I mean, he'd given up on preventing to try, and was just trying to bail. You know, from momentum. And people listening, you fucking know me. You know, I'll, you know how I feel about Slater. <laughs> you know, I'll kick that dude fucking all. The, but I mean, on this occasion, you know, unnecessary. Uh, Aussie at 198 came in again. Wow, James Graham. Is that what people eat in England? No wonder they have horrible teeth. Hash uh, dirty fucking scumbags. Hash ears in decline. I'm surprised. I think we only saw ears in decline once, which is amazing, <laughs> really. Uh, Troy the unimaginative under- listeners of this show. Yeah. Troy underscore 79. Graham should have been sent off for that. Dirty fucking pommy grub. Uh, Erebus chaos. I don't know what's worse, biting someone's ear or shoving a finger up someone's ass. Hash tigers in decline. And the thing is, the Hopawati one, I mean, it was it was terrible, <laughs> terrible. But during the game and everything, no one ever, it never came out. It wasn't until players complained after the fact, and then mm. they went back to look at it, that it actually became a thing. So it was a little bit different to you know, this scenario as far as like the immediacy of, of, of knowing how bad it was. Uh, what do we got? Dragons underscore Red V. Great defense from the hash purple cunts. That's the kind Jesus. of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing illegitimate premierships are made of. Oh, uh, wow. Cambo 96 absolutely showered himself in glory on, on Sunday night eat a dick Todd and Des and he sent that to uh, us and the NRL Bulldogs and then he's got a hashtag palooza here hash scumdog millionaire hash bought not bread hash some mm. things money can't buy hash NRL 2012 GF hash proud not to be a bulldog Bemson Meister James Graham doing St. Helens proud losing a final biting ears and fucking dogs that's a standard Saturday night out for them <laughs> Gotta love Keefy. Doggy's attack is easier to read than Fifty Shades in large print. That's a man speaking of experience. Yeah, it would seem so. And um, we have Bemson Meister. He had a, a chain of him. Uh, ben Barber has been less of a threat so far than Chris Keating at speed dating night with the leader of Rohypnol. Hash fail. Jesus. And then uh, we got one here. Uh, if anyone's wondering what Chris Sandow is doing this offseason, he appears to be hibernating in Cassiano's gut. Hash fat mess. To which I replied, he's like Cassiano's Quarto. Yes. And uh, for this express purpose, I don't know if you probably saw this exchange and looked it up. But you know I saw the exchange, about? said to myself, you know what you need to do, Glenn? You need to Google that. So when this comes up on the podcast... <laughs> you can throw it back armed, at me like... <laughs> you're armed with necessary information to throw back in Nathan's face. And you forgot, didn't you? I forgot all about it. So, um, so therefore, you get a blank stare. That is a referential retard at his best. Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. You've uh, seen the movie, right? No. Fucking bull- really? You haven't seen? You haven't seen Total Recall? No. Now you're getting a fucking blank stare. That's unbelievable. Really? For the third time? No, I haven't <sighs> seen that movie. I just I don't know if I'm mad or disappointed. Probably a little bit of both, Nathan. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, well, we got what we wanted with that exchange. Uh, Tigers in decline. Low-scoring game, but it worked out to be about $1 million per point scored between the two clubs' salary caps. Hash, Premier's asterisk. Make me a sandwich. There we go. Talk shit, get bit. <laughs> I love it. That slogan, that could be a T-shirt slogan. Yes, yes, it could be. Although and it probably it. will be. Jeremy underscore Jack01. Not the most exciting grand final I've ever seen. Well, that wasn't the most exciting tweet I've ever seen either, but no. it's true. 
Amy Lee underscore. I don't know what they do in England, but biting people here is frowned upon. You tell them. Mad Dog underscore no space. Nielsen won that game for Melbourne. He shut down everything that came his way. Too bad he's going to the Warriors to be shit. Eagle-eyed Kiwi. Don't want to rub it in, Doggies fans, but not only did you lose the GF, but next year T-Rex will be playing for you. (laughs) Excellent. At Ugly Kid Dave. Once again, a season completely wasted on Melbourne public that doesn't give two shits about rugby league. And I do see that point, but I think the season's been wasted. I mean... Yeah, that's a bit of a harsh call. Calm down, Charlie. S. Borolius. Looking forward to Cooper Cronk's press conference to let us all know he won the Clive Churchill medal. Hash more Gronk. <laughs> and uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Congrats to the Storm. Better team on the night and deserved win. Well done to the Mighty Bulldogs on a great year. Good effort. So that was his sane tweet. Yes. Then every tweet after that was... Oh, Nuts. Just like kicking Manly. Just basically trying to kick Manly. Uh, is a zip zip. I bet being bitten on the ear in a grand final wasn't in one of the contracts Billy signed. Hash purple scum. And... The final word goes to Nudju. And so the biggest game of the year leads to a final stunning realisation. Jamin Lowe is a premiership winning player. And the Storm have done that to several players over their history. To think, to think, it, you know, it was but a, a slight hamstring tear away from Jason Riles. Yeah. Getting a ring at the Storm. Possibly the greatest coaching performance in the history of rugby league. He'll probably get one. He'll, he'll probably get one anyway. He'll be one of the additional ones. I mean, he did. I mean, his contribution was mainly penalties and, <laughs> and drop ball. ruck penalties <laughs> yeah. and uh, and drop balls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, we will touch upon the uh, the other games. I didn't get to see these games, so I mean, I'm, I'm taking you watched everything on Grand Final Day. Uh, I caught a fair bit of the New South Wales Cup. Yep. Uh, by no means did I catch all of it. Uh, watched the whole twenties game. Okay. Uh, or you know, slaughter. Twenties game next anyway. The uh, West Tigers forty six defeated Canberra Raiders six. Um, and to quote the great. Tiger Benji, Tiger underscore Benji on Twitter. Yes. Imagine winning a grand final by 40 points. Yeah. What a legend team. I've got no idea how that would feel. No. I imagine it would be excellent though. Does feel pretty good. Give you a chubby? Did a little bit. You know who else gave me a chubby? Jacob Miller and his, and his performance in the number seven jersey for the West Tigers. Kick a lot of goals. Just, uh, mate, he's, he's a talented player. I, I'd like to see him get an opportunity in first grade. Hasn't he had an opportunity in first grade? Oh, he's played like three games. If I can give the kid a break. So how many how, how, how many games do they have to lose with him in the you know, in the in the seven before they say, look, just they could fucking, lose twenty six in a row. He can't be twenty forever. No, they could lose twenty six <laughs> in a row. But if he plays a whole season in seven, I'll be happy. Losing every single game, finishing the, the year on four points for thanks to two wins over the bye. If that's what we have to do to blood a halfback of the future, Nathan. Are you, are you taking a percentage of his, uh, his contract or something? No, I just remember what we how we used to play when we had a good halfback. Okay, well, um, we did get some tweets about this game, which is the main reason why I put it in there. We didn't get a single tweet about New South Wales Cup, so you can uh, go fuck yourself. But this game, Marcus R.A., was this the plan all along? Turf the seniors and tell the 20s they can play first grade next year if they win the NYC title? <laughs> uh, gotta love Keefe. He uh, said here, well, this is actually in reply to your Tiger Benji one. He said, uh, NYC, 46-6, minus 6 equals 40. Grand final score for the Tigers, 40 nil. I like Ash, it. Fucking legends. Uh, they what? Ex-Andrew John X, Todd Lowry, God Lowry. What's that? they get in there? Um, and why? Crazy. God Lowry. Yeah, 
God, Lowry. Oh, um, fucking not again. <laughs> that one actually got misplaced. Beer Boy 182. Still celebrating the West Tigers under-20s win this morning. As a Sharks fan, it's great to see the quality future Cronulla players. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in the in the uh, New South Wales Cup, the Newtown Jets 22 defeated Balmain, Ride, Eastwood, Tigers 18. This one I was actually uh, listening to on the radio uh, when I was in the car, and it was quite exciting. They pretty much traded tries uh, the whole way through. Yep. A narrow lead in Newtown at halftime. I think they actually went out and led 12-0. Yeah, no, Balmain came back. It was twelve ten at half time, and with not long to go, uh, Balmain were actually leading eighteen points to sixteen, and there was a try late for Newtown. And I believe right one of the last plays of the game, well, you know, about fifty something seconds left in the game, there was a try on for Balmain, and Balmain just dropped, just dropped it cold. So unfortunate, very, but good effort from the Tigers to have their New South Wales Cup side and their twenty side playing in the grand final. Um, yeah, I would in just a like year to, where the NRL side didn't make the eight. So. I just, I just like to congratulate the the uh, the Balmain Consortium because, um, really, the uh, doggies they had minor premiers in all three grades could only get one to the final and lost that poorly. Yeah, Balmain, West Tigers, West Tigers, more Balmain than West Tigers. But uh, yeah, two sides in the finals in the grand final, got a win. Can't argue that. And a narrow loss. A narrow loss. Exactly. I look forward to uh, 2013 with renewed vigor, Nathan. Do you? It's not, not really. all in decline. Well, some would say it is. <laughs> some would say it is. Many would say it is. Me. Yeah, you and your little legion of puppets. <laughs> Everyone that listens to the show, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So yeah. Um, but you know, well done to the Tigers and well done to Todd Payton, who. Uh, yeah. Who knew? Well. Who? He long said he long said he was a halfback in a prop's body. Who knew? Halfbacks generally make the best coaches. So yeah, I just, just I, I, it seems like only yesterday he was losing that game against the Titans with his play the ball infringements and mistakes. Well, it wasn't quite yesterday, <laughs> but it was fairly recent. It's fairly top of mind. Yeah, I mean concerned. that's that's the one thing I'll think about. You know, that's the first thing that comes into mind when I think about his career. Isn't that terrible? But, uh, yeah, he's done a good job with the twenty side. Jagged yeah. win first year. Yeah, and. Uh, had them playing some pretty structured attack for 20s. Well, their defence was their best thing for that side. And the funny thing is, I mean, they uh, Canberra were the favourite going into that game, but in all the, in all the previous meetings this season, it was three times in the end that they held Canberra to low scores every time. So they clearly were the uh, the kryptonite for uh, the, the Raiders side that was yes. you know, putting floggings on other people. Yeah, well, I mean, Tigers, it's what we do to Raiders, remember? Except when those years where the Raiders make the eight instead of the Tigers. And we don't do it then, but and, other and, years. And yeah, and what was it? The it's eight, never the happened. Eight, the 89 grand final. Yeah, yeah. The, the evidence is mounting against your case. Yeah. Let's just give it up. That's full time. Episode 107. Preview section. Completely and 100% skip because there's fuck all on this weekend. Yes. Watch a replay. Although, you know, if you listen to the comprehensive spoilers of the game and you happen to the game, you probably don't want to go back and revisit exactly it. Exactly right. And if you, you know, let's you face covered. it, the only people watching it again is probably Melbourne Melbourne fans. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty forgettable grand final. Just get drunk. Things. Exactly. So and naked. Yeah, you know, catch up on some shows that you've been, you know, stocking up. I don't know. You could watch things like Total Recall. And watch movies. Yeah. You watch movies and, you know, maybe uh, you know, catch a reference or three next season. But maybe. um You never know. 
As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit that like button, and also be sure to share our posts as we put them up, just to help us spread the word uh, and, you know, grow the show. iTunes, we had another review this week, and it's a sensational one. It's from someone by the name of Kelly Gadd. Said A plus 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 great seller highly recommended five stars fantastic to deal with great seller will buy again hashtag yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. sell anything on eBay and, uh, either and hashtags in decline yeah of course end, of course uh, which just goes to show that it does actually it wasn't just misplaced from an eBay review <laughs> it actually was meant to be for us um, and we got a tweet uh, from uh, Bernard JKD Bernard JKD uh, listener to the show who is very very behind on episodes and just uh yesterday or today listened to the uh 100th episode yes and decided to tweet us nevertheless tweet us the uh 100 show memory which i thought was fantastic which is why i included here um his uh best 100 show memory is uh state of origin launch 2012 you played get ready for this i promptly bought it on itunes all whilst driving at 130 kilometers an hour well we've already discussed the pitfalls of speeding on this show earlier tonight yes Yes. Um, so we don't condone that behaviour, but... <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it amazing what technology allows you to do? Listen to us at that speed, not crash and die. And, and then download try and, a song. And download a song from iTunes. It's fantastic. Exactly. Well, I did the same thing with Gangnam Style as well, so all good. Tipping. We have a winner. After a long season and a very close season, we had a three-way tie at the top at the end. Are you serious? 132 points the winners got it came down to differential we had differentials of 307 336 and 356 and it was our perennial leader whitey he managed to despite getting the grand final wrong and despite not doing terribly well in the finals actually um he did enough to win uh 132 with the uh, best differential 307 kylie m she jumped up to second place, jumping over the top of the second place holder, It's Me Cookie Bra, based on the fact that she was one of the only people in the top five that picked the Storm to win. And so she also finished on 132, and in second place, It's Me Cookie Bra. He dropped a place to third. We had Todd H, 1987. He went up a place once again by picking the Storm successfully uh, and finishing on 131, so one, one off the lead. And he would have actually, if he had gotten up one more point, he would have finished in outright second and very close to the lead. And we had, in the fifth to round it out, we had Dougie, who dropped down. And uh, he also picked the dogs, and he finished on 130. So, very close comp. And even down to, like, about 50th place. I think I finished around sort of mid-30s, and you finished someplace after 50. I forgot to write it down. Oh, but, um, 80-something. I'm glad I, I beat I beat uh, Paraman by one point. I didn't have a bet with him, but it's just, you know, it's just a great morale thing to, to have beaten him because he'd actually made... Once you put booze on the table... I don't know how that feels. Yeah, well, once you put booze on the table, I mean, he... He really fired up and took his care and took his time with uh, his tips and actually As got some right. drunks would. Yeah, and he sort of managed to you know, lift himself from about 70-something to, you know, maybe 40-ish. So, good effort. Good effort for him, and you'll have to figure out what you're going to give him uh, as far as booze is concerned, or has there been an order placed, or what? Oh, I haven't placed an order yet. I'll get around to it. All right. When Kyle shows some grace and dignity on Twitter, I'll hook him up with a bottle of rum. Oh, great. You'll never have to worry about that then. If I'm uh, aged 600 years. <laughs> we have a winner of the finals fantasy comp as well. So congratulations to Powder Puffs, coached by Gavin. Make yourself known, Gavin. Finished on a score of 1,575 points. 
Second place, we had the Wendells, who I believe were the leaders last week. Uh, they finished four points back. So, gee, that's that's got to hurt. Uh, and then back about 30 points, we had the Jack Officers. That's our Jason Jehan side. Uh, Toto's Terrors in fourth. Team Dev, Trotters in fifth. The Plural Effusion. So, Curtis, he finished in sixth. Fubar, seventh. Dens, eighth. Me, in ninth. Congratulations, me. You're awesome. Well done, you. And, and Hash Tigers in decline. A team by that name. I don't know who that is. Fucking kidding. A coach by the name of Nathan finished uh, four points past <laughs> me. So it's, it's definitely not me. Um, but yeah, strange. Wow, what a surprise. Another person named Nathan who's a complete cockhead. Isn't it funny though that um, the Tigers, really. Tigers in decline got 10th just like the Tigers did? Just like the, the actual <laughs> Tigers in decline. Oh, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Um, yes, Alanis. And I just and I don't have the tweet on me, but uh, Dashing Dan one sent a tweet in uh, with a bet slip from the races, Saw it. and uh, the, the the horse Not is, funny. the horse's name was West Tigers, and what did he say? It ran ninth. Finished ninth. <laughs> Sensational. Uh, shop still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, all that stuff. Um, get on it. It's coming up to Christmas time. Yes. You know, buy buy some people presents that they actually like. We should probably put some specials together for Christmas, eh? Hey? We should. What are they going to be? We've talked about it before. Uh, we need to actually do it. Well, I say if you buy a hat and a shirt, you get a free stubby cooler. All right, done. Lock and load. And that's a saving of about, what, seven bucks or something? So it's decent. Yeah. About that. What else can we do? I don't know. We could, like, uh, bundle up some... Uh... If we buy a hat, shirt, and a stubby cooler, you save... Blech. X. X amount. All right. We'll figure it out. Yes. I have to figure it out this time. Yes. All right. Buy two shirts. Yep. Save X percent. Mm-hmm. Yep, we could do that. Yeah. I like it. All right, I cool. I like the way you think. All right, cool. Not really. Yeah, no. Not at all. Um, Twillies. Twillies. By the time you're listening to this, the Twillies will definitely be there. We said that and last week, but we lied because we're yeah. filthy liars. Yeah, exactly. We lie We lie about everything. Um, but they will definitely be up by the time you're listening to this. Uh, the, I, the problem last week was I forgot that we were recording a day later and like by the time you're listening to this, in quotes, was actually like I uploaded it about three hours after we finished. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like I didn't have that extra day of lead time there. So um, we Plus, were, I was slow getting my information. Yeah, back. and we've had, we had a... Uh, panel of people that we've involved as well just to you know take some of the bias uh, out of the, the nominations or the nominees for each category so all of that's come back pretty much so uh, I'll be collating that uh, tomorrow putting it up tomorrow so they'll be up I mean we'll tweet it out from our account so you probably uh, you know if you're a diehard you've probably already voted but uh, if you haven't go there go to our website and there'll be a link there that'll take you there and it'll be uh you know, I'll put something in the show notes for this episode, but it'll also be a standalone post on the website as well. That'll be, you know, the one before the one for this episode. So get in there and vote and uh, we'll pick a random winner to win, you know, one of everything kind of thing. Yep. Like shirt, hat, stubby cooler. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Yes. Until next week when we have our gala awards night. The night of nights, the Twillies, the third annual Twilly Awards, which is one of my favorite nights, one of my favorite episodes of the year because... We actually don't know who's going to win. No, exactly. We actually it is good fun. We get the I always results. Love we that compile and hits them. and misses. It's a nice way to finish the year. Yep. And um, and this year we are without really good indication any... just to see how wrong I was. And Australia's just playing the one-off test, aren't they? That's it. Yep. So it's going to be an early end of the season this year. It is. I mean, often we go right into November because there's like a Tri Nations or you know, yeah, something going right. on. World well, Cup we've, or we've earned it. We've earned it. We have. We have. We've worked hard this year. It's been a hard year. It has. It's been a long hard year, but <laughs> rewarding nonetheless, Nathan. Yep. 
Yep. So the Twillies, the big gala night of nights where we might drink as well. Because people, gee, they loved it when we drink. Yeah. <laughs> Loosens up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, and um, and the beautiful thing about the Twillies, I was saying, we don't actually know who's going to win because um, we basically print out the results from the, uh, from the survey uh, hosting place. It will actually get my wife to print the results out so we can't even catch a glimpse of anything. Who's a chartered accountant? Who's an accountant, yeah. Oh, she's a CPA, not a, not a chartered accountant. They're two different things. She's a CPA, not a CA. But, right. um It's cool. I'm just saying, it's fucking different. Oh, was it really necessary to correct me there? Oh, fucking. Okay, she's a chartered accountant. Oh, she's, fucking hell. She's, she's lots of things, Nathan. And she's, and she's, a saint for yeah. being married to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, in any case, she'll, she'll go through. Uh, she collates the results and uh, chops them up, puts them into envelopes, marks them with the number question so we can actually open the envelope and you know, pretend like it's proper. That's right. <laughs> Which means we can't really, you know, line up winners for, you know, to talk to winners the and stuff like that. The fact that I show up in a, a, you know, a jacket and a bow tie and no pants would indicate that it's a serious night. Mankini. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> What's well, better than no pants? Sorry? It's better than no pants. There's yeah, some I modesty guess. there. <laughs> does look a little bit, uh, looks a little bit like a car crash in a mankini, though. Now, do you have anything else to add to this episode this evening? Um, no, I'm done. Cool. Me too. See you next week. See you next week. Oh, but wait, there is more. One more point of business, as very kindly pointed out to us by Twitter listener at freak09 that is p-h-r-e-a-k-09 he mentioned the podcast awards uh you'll remember last year that we managed to uh get into the finals of the podcast awards in the sporting category unfortunately we lost to i think it was us against about four espn podcasts but nonetheless let's have another crack at the podcast awards they're open again this year for the 2012 season now if you go to www.podcastawards.com you'll see there's a voting form and it explains the rules and everything like that. Basically, the rules are simple. You can only nominate a show for one category with the exception of people's choice or or best produced. So uh, what we'd uh, ask you to do is to put in uh, This Week in League for people's choice. And uh, so This Week in League is obviously the show and the URL would be uh, you know www.thisweekinleague.com and also if you could then scroll down to the sports category and nominate us in that category as well. And other than that, feel free to nominate, uh, you know, other podcasts. For example, uh, you know, things like comedy, you know, putting like, you know, the Joe Rogan experience, something like that. And nominate our friends uh, in entertainment. Uh, Not Yet Hated is the name of the uh, the podcast. That's notyethated.com, I believe. And in movies and slash film, you could go with uh, Talk Movies. Uh, another one that's uh, run by uh, great friends of the show. But um, yeah, if you could put us in for uh, People's Choice and the uh, sports category, that would be uh, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, let's have another crack. See if, we, A, we can get into the finals again, and B, if we can, you know, go one further and actually take an award out, it would be amazing. So uh, if you could do that, that would be magnificent. And uh, once you put in the categories, uh, the event is in the, those two categories, you'll scroll down to the bottom of the form and you'll see there's a section there for your details. So you enter in your name and your email address, uh, let them know whether you, you know, you're a listener, obviously you're a listener of this show, and uh, throw in any comments, you know, anything you want to do to pump us up, by all means, hit submit. And what will happen is you'll get an email sent to you that you'll need to click a link in that email to validate the vote. Uh, they're really strict on, you know, preventing people from, uh, you know, voting twice or, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, it's just a bit of a safeguard. They've got built in there so if you could do that we'd love you long time and uh let's see how far we can get this year